0: Up, what is up, Hockey Nation? I'm Wesley Clark, and I'm the host for tonight's 3304 sports edition of the podcast. I'm with Connor Martian. What is up, Connor? How have you been since last time I saw you?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you. How about yourself?
0: Pretty good. Connor and I have media writing together uh, with Anthony Amy, who's a longtime broadcaster, broadcast a little bit with. ESPN but honestly I honestly I like that class <laughs>
1: no it's a lot of fun it was a little bit intimidating at first but I've grown to like it a lot oh yeah more for sure
0: then. Anthony he kind of like it makes the environment comfortable for everyone because I'm not someone who really likes sharing during class but I mean he just has everyone share no, no judging mm-hmm. or anything and you know, it's kind of fun well, so we got some sports to talk about this week. Um, so we'll talk about the slate. So it's going to be men's basketball for Virginia Tech, uh, women's basketball, and you know, what to expect from softball and baseball. And then you know, we'll go over what last night's Super Bowl game, which was a historic game, especially, well, maybe for some until the end, um, some controversial calls that we'll go over. But men's basketball games for uh, you know, UVA, they beat UVA. Uh, they lost to Boston College, which was a big surprise coming off with such a big win against UVA, who was the sixth seed uh, going in, and then they losing to Boston College. I mean, Boston College went off, and Virginia Tech played horrible, um, and then they beat uh, Notre Dame. Um, but, I mean, can you tell us what you what you saw those three those three games?
1: Yeah, well, the biggest thing, obviously, the win against UVA was very hot three-point shooting from the Hokies and the shooting in general, and then they have that six-point win, I believe, and then they go off – uh, and face Boston College. And once again, everyone anticipates it to be a win against Boston College. Boston College side, that's honestly pretty weak. And yet everybody besides Grant Basili shot 14 for 41. Basili finished with 33. But it was dreadful a shot making from the Hokies. In the first half, I know there was a point to Ritter shooting 2 for 15 from the 3-point arc. Just not good at all. And then finally against Notre Dame, that 3-point awakening will uh, happen again. As Basili dropped 33 points. That's 62 points in the past 2 games for the Hokies. But they still did allow, I believe, 87 points against Notre Dame, which sure does have great players and great three point shooters and Cormac Ryan and a few others. But overall, it's still a little bit high for a team like Notre Dame, who's very heavily in the lost column so far this season.
0: Oh, yeah, Virginia Tech was favorite going into the UVA game, which is surprising given that they're 16. Mm-hmm. Favorite in going to Boston College, uh, one, you know, Boston College is. Under 500 and also it's at home and the fact I mean they just really did not play well at all like you said Boston College Also, they just went off. I mean they shot the lights out from beyond the arc uh, Better than they ever did the whole season So it kinda, it's kind of it's kind of hard to you know able to overcome that when a team won't up making threes and then Notre Dame who's the third worst team according to ACC on like the standings um, and then they have you know, Georgia Tech coming this uh, this week on Wednesday who's 9 and 16 um i mean they have to win i mean connor what does virginia tech have to do to get into the tournament i mean they've already they already have 10 losses and i'm thinking like can they lose another game
1: i don't think so i think unfortunately i know they have to face duke on the road which will probably be the biggest game for the rest of the season for the Hokies, but they have to go undefeated even if they go undefeated unfortunately i don't really think there's a chance i think this is a very good acc uh, conference i don't think that the committees gonna allow many teams to go from the ACC besides a select few so I think the only way the Hokies can do it barring a miracle is to win the ACC championship which in itself will require a miracle.
0: Yeah I mean maybe the the committee will let them lose one more game the problem is like if you lose one more game this season this regular season but that you're gonna end up losing another game in the ACC tournament. So can you can you really be allowed like twelve losses going in? I I, I just don't I, see it. I
1: heavily doubt it. Yeah. And
0: I mean, they got Pittsburgh, who's eighteen and seven coming up. They have then Miami, who's twenty and five, the fifteenth ranked right team, and then a Duke team, who is is 17-8. It's not ranked as of right now, but you're gonna have to play them, at home, which I mean that is that's gonna be difficult to do, especially in that environment and i i do think you're right i think they have to win out now the their other games are fairly easy i mean you have like we just said six nine and 16 georgia tech and then louisville who's won three games i mean a total hor- horrible season for them i mean they're historically good but not this year and then florida state who's 18 who's 8 and 18. now the problem was for Virginia Tech this season was I think losing Hunter Gator in December. I mean I mean talk about or in fact January. I mean talk about the just how bad they were without I mean he c- c- completely controls the offense,
1: right? Yeah, it's a completely different side. Not only on the offense but on the defense. Obviously on the offense, he's a great passer, even a better three point shooter. But their numbers defensively ever since he left, obviously he broke his uh I believe fractured his elbow. F- in the first picture against Boston College up north, um, like you said, early in January. And ever since then, I, their defensive numbers dropped off significantly. And then they brought him back and all of a sudden they started streaking again, beating big time teams. And he was responsible for that. He's too much of a difference, maker for, a difference maker for Virginia Tech. They really need more options than him consistently. I think before his injury, you thought that it was a team that had five or six consistent players who would perform every single night. But ever since he got injured and up until his return, it was nobody, there were really no options. And that was high, very, high, very much highlighted with the loss of Couture.
0: No, yeah, starting in late December, I mean, they lost, you know, like when he got hurt against Boston College. And then they lost to Wake Forest in a close game and then they just kept on losing close games to Clemson, as state. I mean, he completely controls the offense, and that's kinda unfortunate going into March or like trying to get into March and you only have one player. I mean, people talked about them be in the beginning preseason, like, oh, they only lost they only lost Kevin Aluma. That was a big loss. And it is a big loss. But then they saw, you know, Darius Maddox, who has been absent this year. Um, unfortunately, who we thought would, would have had a lot better year, who hit that shot against Clemson in the ACC tournament, who they he saved the season essentially, and and he just he hasn't been there. I mean, he's got he, he's he's kind of out of the rotation right now, and you know with Padula shooting well, with all these guys shooting well, and that's what people expected Virginia Tech to be, just shooting the lights out from three, and they're doing that, but it's almost only going through Hunter Couture which i need i think someone needs to step up and i think Basili could be that guy
1: yeah you know it's kind of interesting because as the season wears on you see a team get better i think as the season has worn on with the absence of darius maddox and hunter couture grant Basili has stepped up although throughout the whole entire season his number one exploit has been his defensive ability it's difficult it sure helps when he scores 33 points, but he concedes multiple points, and he's certainly a pinpoint for offenses in the ACC to attack. So although he is a great shooter, defensively he has improved throughout the season, but there's still massive improvement for him in order if the Soki team wants to compete.
0: Yeah, Darius Maddox only averaging 8.5 points per game. Um, you know, I thought he'd be a little bit more this season. Um, not that he's a junior, but, you know, that's not the case. Um, but I mean it's there's still like seven games left in the season. There's still a lot of basketball to play. Um and Virginia Tech can turn around. I and mean, they're they st- they're not out of the race at all. They can they still could very much win. I mean, they beat Duke. Um, they can they can beat Miami. I believe that they can beat Miami and the rest of their games are not as tough. So that's gonna be do it for all for men's basketball. Um now we're gonna flip the to men to women's basketball. Not completely uh opposite of the men's as men's have shown uh some dominance have shown some weakness but women's basketball Connor, amazing absolutely amazing we did a game uh together this year and they i mean elizabeth kitley and georgia amor gotta be one of the best female duos i've ever seen in my life or
1: yeah, no, they're they're absolutely petrifying. I remember as we called the game for the first five minutes of it, all they did was they just posted Kitley on the low block. She spun and got an and one or a bucket every single time over her defender. And I called another game earlier in the season that seemed to be their team's whole entire method, and it seeps into players' minds: is that the only way Virginia can score? And then before you know it, Georgia Amore had five threes, Taylor Soul a couple buckets, Ashio Wosu. I know she broke her pinky early on in the season; she's now just returning and increasing a in minute slightly per game. But she's phenomenal footwork and she has a great shot there's so many facets on this virginia tech women's basketball side even kayla King, i know she had a career in, i believe against longwood and won the first games of the season and even though she her numbers might have dissipated as the season have gone on she can explode at any point in time and also players off the bench like deja greg this is a multi-faceted virginia tech women's basketball team
0: oh 100 percent. for their players averaging double digit points of course, Kitley averaging a double-double, uh, 18 points, 10.8 rebounds. But Georgia Amor, uh, Taylor Soul, and Kiana Trailer all averaging above at least 10 points, which is phenomenal. And the Kayla King, who's just under that at 9.2. So, yes, they feed Kitley the ball, but if she's not, she's not there. They have other options, mm-hmm. and that is the difference between the men's and the women's going into March. They that if someone's not doing well, someone will step up. Like, for the men's, you're wondering who will step up, and you have the answer for women's basketball. I mean, they just played Syracuse, a great game for them, uh, dominated NC State, who is historically very good. Um, they beat them big at home, uh, well, away at NC State, and then they just played Florida State and just, you know, kind of just wiped the floor. at won by 14, um, and it seemed like it was a bigger lead than it was. But, Connor, Thursday night, Duke... Virginia Tech um, 11, Virginia Tech 9, Duke. Um, I mean, what does Virginia Tech need to do to beat a top-ten team?
1: It's a pivotal game, as you mentioned. I know in the first picture, Duke ended up winning that game, although I do believe it was pretty close. It just wore off as the time wore on. I think in order for Virginia Tech to win, they simply just have to not play outside of themselves everyone recognized their role which they've done so well throughout the rest of this whole entire season and if they perform well this game they go on to maybe lose just a game or two throughout the rest of the year season and into the ACC tournament we're looking at one of the top seeded teams in the nation for the women's tournament personally i know there's a little bit bias obviously being a Virginia Tech student but i would not be shocked to see this Virginia Tech women's basketball team easily hit the elite eight even final four of the NCAA women's basketball tournament but i think it's massive for rigid tech just to simply not play outside of themselves and sometimes sometimes I feel like they can almost take on too many roles with some of the players.
0: No, I'm glad you said that because let's talk about expectations for these two teams. I'm going to go back to the men's real quick you know the possibility of not making it but let's say they do and I think for the men's it's getting out of the first round. Mm-hmm. Last year they lost to Texas, a very good Texas team. Um, Texas a lot better this year but getting out of the first round i think is just the goal for virginia tech men's basketball but for the women's like you said the elite eight and they lost to florida golf coast last year in the first round a lot better this year and i i want i need they need to go to lead eight or and or try to make the final four they could be the team to finally bring a national championship to blacksburg of course virginia tech and kansas state the only two university division one uh universities who do not have a national championship in the i think it's the top four sports or top three sports um and i, I think they have the possibility to actually you know bring it home um but you know going back they did struggle a little bit uh in middle of the season um they had a couple injuries, um, like talk about, like you talked about. Uh, they lost to uh, Notre Dame, which by eleven, who was a very competitive matchup. Um, then they lost to Clemson, who was unranked at the time. Uh, but then they, it's they're showing some weakness, just th- uh, playing a lot of close games. And I think um, when you know, when we broadcast, um, they had a huge lead, and I think they get a little too comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you agree?
1: Yeah, because I remember they were going into the half up by like 10 or 11, and I took over to play by play duties, and then they finished uh, going into the fourth quarter only up by three. Obviously, they ended up winning the game by, I think, 13 or 14. They took control over in that fourth quarter, thanks to dreadful shooting from Wake Forest that we saw. That's right. But they can certainly at times mentally let it slip, which certainly would be a problem. And as you mentioned, a loss – to Notre Dame obviously Notre Dame is a trademark women's basketball program one of the best in the nation if not the best in the nation I think it will certainly be difficult for Virginia Tech to come against teams like that in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight Final Four if they make it which when you look at some of the better NCAA women's teams such as South Carolina and Notre Dame they face the star competition every single year for the past five or six years meanwhile for Virginia Tech it's still a bunch of transfers on this side and they're yet to really competitively competitively face these types of teams over the past couple of years as you mentioned last year they lost to Florida Gulf Coast Florida Gulf Coast in the first round which is something that obviously kept them from going against some of the bigger teams later in the tournament
0: no yeah definitely and actually Virginia Tech women's basketballs last loss was January 26 too. Duke a blue devil. So we'll see, and just going to the stat line, Taylor Soul scored 19 points, but you see Kitley, four points, one for nine, from field goal uh, from the field goal range, and then she had 13 rebounds, which of course she does. It's you know a lot easier than scoring points, but I mean it seems to me, and Georgia Amor, seven points. That you know they lost by 11, but Kitley and Amore didn't do anything. So I mean Duke really watch film and knew they had to shut down these two players of course now tech gonna be home team advantage but it's duke knows what to do and i you know i'm kind of concerned with this game because this is going to be a type of game you're going to go down the stretch and hopefully when they get to lead eight you're going to have to play someone like duke and if you get too comfortable with your lead like we've been talking about it they're going to end up losing you know just because you're up by 15 doesn't mean that team can't come back we saw it against Wake Forest and just a bunch of other teams uh, throughout the season. But Virginia Tech, when they're up big, they need to make sure they stay big, especially in the tournament with those huge tournament runs people make during the games. But I mean, big hopes for women's basketball. Um, You know, I hope they can keep on going. I mean, they're definitely gonna be uh, in the tournament. I mean, they can lose out and still be in the tournament, but I mean, they have Duke, NC State again, which is gonna be a hard game, uh, and then North Carolina, Who's nineteenth ranked, eighteen seven, and then Georgia Tech, who is below five hundred. So you got three games left, uh, four games left in the season. Three of them very, very competitive. Um, all three of them are actually in North Carolina. North Carolina kind of runs basketball, uh, basketball state down there. But uh, hoping big for uh, women's basketball uh, in the tournament this year. So we're gonna move shift gears to softball and baseball. Baseball season officially started, especially for those. Who say that I mean the Super Bowl just uh, ended so we'll, and we'll get to the Super Bowl at the end but Connor let's do the rundown on softball and baseball both of those programs unbelievable last year do you think softball you know they had a lot of returning players do you expect better or worse for the softball
1: I do expect a little bit better you know they're one game short of making it to the World Series make it to Oklahoma City last year and I was a table I was able to attend a press conference with with coach Demore and some of the players And their goal was simply just to get better each day. You know, obviously it's a cliche, but it's something that they really run by. Obviously, they want to make it to Oklahoma City this year. Disappointingly that they lost to uh, Florida. I believe it was 12-0. They got like mercy ruled, I believe is what they call Mm it, uh, last season. Not good enough for them. Obviously, star pitcher Emma Limley, She's going to be a person to watch out for. Already one of the best pitchers in the nation. I know she's tried to add some more pitchers to her reservoir. Uh, it will certainly be interesting to see how they incorporate some of their youngsters. I know some freshmen and sophomores were getting um, innings in the first five games in which they went 5-0 and o from, but it will certainly be interesting to see because they've got uh, UCLA is one of the best women's softball teams in the nation. Uh, and then texas and i know there's a third team in there all of them are ranked super high in the rpi and those are all just a couple weeks away three really good opponents like i said i forgot who the middle one was but three really good opponents that was certainly measure up against virginia tech
0: no you definitely virginia tech softball already five and zero. they went down to wilmington to play in a tournament and i mean they just you know they did swept the floor did really well um showing big promise and then like you're talking about they have a tournament down in clearwater florida where they're going to have to play Oklahoma State, Nebraska, and one of the better softball teams in UCLA. So, you know, like, big hopes for them. One game away from making it, making it to the College Softball World Series, and that's the same script as the baseball team um, last year, who got up to number two um, ranked, according to D1 Baseball, um, just behind Tennessee. And both those teams, one and two, didn't, didn't even end up making it to College World Series up in Omaha. But the problem, the only thing I'm worried about for Virginia Tech baseball is the players. They lost the draft. Uh, Gavin Cross, Tanner Schobel, Nick Bidison, Kate Hunter, and Graham Firebred. They those guys really did well uh, for baseball, and I think the problem is how many people left and how, like. There, I mean, there's so many people that have to step up now. Like, do they have the ability to to you know lose? five guys and have five more guys replace them like that's my problem that's the only issue i'm seeing there i mean that's that's a lot of guys Mm -hmm. i mean usually it's just one or two but five i mean how can you replace gavin cross who was a a, you know first round pick the highest draft pick for Tech has ever had uh getting picked ninth overall and then with tanner schoba who's a great shortstop nick Bisson, kate hunter great hitters and then Grand Firebat, who was, who just led the pitching staff. I mean there's a lot of opportunities uh, you know for Virginia for Tech baseball players to showcase. Um, it would be very hard to beat what they did last year. Um, you know some of them most of the rankings do have them between you know 15 and 25 and I do believe that's the case because they have a lot of returning players. Um, including one of the best hitters last year, who batted four hundred for the majority of the year, Jack Hurley, who I'm hoping you know kind of stays um, as good as he did. Um, but of course, it lost to Oklahoma in the last game of the season, one win away from going to Omaha. And you know, just like the softball team, you know, a lot of hopes. Now, I think the softball team is in better shape as the baseball team. You know, they softball does have more players coming back, um, but baseball, you know, obviously we hope. The best for them a lot of people to to replace and we'll see you know virginia baseball starts february 17th against college of charleston that's gonna be the three games um so we'll see what happens i mean can you can virginia tech baseball get to top 10 in the country um and we'll see and wait now we're gonna shift gears to so last part of the show the super bowl connor who were you going for and who do you think were was going to win, or is it the same team?
1: Well, I personally am not a big fan of the NFL, but I was going. I was barely rooting for the Eagles. I don't really like either the Eagles or the Chiefs, but I was personally just going for the Eagles because I do like Jalen Hurts. Although I kind of expected, I don't know much about the NFL, but I kind of expected that this would be Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Obviously, two of the one of the greatest duos in NFL history between the two of them. Two fantastic players, both. First ballot Hall of Famers. I was expecting the Chiefs to win. Honestly, I was expecting them to blow out the Eagles, and I was pretty surprised that the Eagles were able to keep it so close. But one thing that I w- watch whenever I occasionally do tune in the NFL is that the Chiefs' defense it doesn't really seem to exist and up until last night and even during most points last night especially during the first half that defense didn't really exist they were luckily able to kick it back in the gear the second half and were able to pull off that victory but I think the Chiefs defense is still a very worrying point.
0: No I agree and even when Mahomes was sophomore and won his first MVP you saw just their lack of Defense. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they just had such an explosive offense that they just kept on scoring, scoring, scoring that, you know, the defense would eventually make a stop so the other team wouldn't, you know, get close in the game. But yes, I agree. The Chiefs' defense is definitely the like, their Achilles heel. I mean, it's kind of hard not to say that when Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. Exactly. I mean, of course, you're going to have an explosive offense. I mean, do you think if Patrick Mahomes retired right now, he'd be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. No, I mean, definitely. yeah. I mean, he's already done more than Aaron Rodgers and mm-hmm. those guys like that who are going to be in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes who's just 27 years old and he's already a Hall of Famer. That is insane. But, you know, he even gave props to um Jalen Hurts who, you know, out of Oklahoma and Alabama who, you know, had three rushing touchdowns unbelievable game for for them. But I mean, for me personally, one of the Chiefs and I did think the Chiefs were going to win. I just didn't see Mahomes losing another Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, he's just too good for that. Um, and the Pacheco played great at uh, the running back. And then, of course, Kelsey doing what Kelsey does. Uh, six receptions, 81 yards, one touchdown. I mean, that was the first touchdown. Was that first to- That was the first touchdown of the game for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was I mean, he was kind of, not absent, but he didn't make the huge plays, and maybe they're just locking him down. Mm-hmm. They were just maybe double teaming him, which gave other guys opportunities. I mean, I mean that's what makes you good. Yeah. You know, you lock down your best player. It was like okay, the next guy steps up, and able to deliver. Um, and then they, I mean, you got to talk about Kansas City special teams. A phenomenal job. I mean, they had a defensive touchdowns when Jalen Hurts fumbled the ball, and then um, I think it was Conley who re- returned just. The, the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. He didn't end up scoring, but he got to the five-yard line, which is, you know, I think the play or the play after, two plays in, they end up scoring. Um, it was like a five-yard touchdown pass um, on the flat. But, I mean, great. it was a great game. It was a great game until, I would say, the end. Like, 38-35, historic game, but the penalty at the end was just kind of upsetting even for someone who wanted the Chiefs to win, it's like you got to give the other team the shot. I mean, I know that's kind of, that's technically a hold, but it's just not. I think it's a little soft.
1: Yeah, it's difficult. You know, my dad he played college basketball, and one thing he one of the things he always told me was that, you know, if the ref gets playing a decision to make a game changing call, he usually won't take it. But I feel like s- certainly in sports over the past couple of years, certainly ever since he's played, refs are stick are. St- starting to make the big time calls when it matters whether they're good or not I personally, like you said, it is technically a hold when you look at the rule book but we've all seen much worse plays that have not been called a holding so I think it's finding finding a medium a consistent medium for the NFL referees and it does kind of suck because the Super Bowl will kind of go down yeah it was a great game it was a great contest but this one holding call kind of like the hit. Out of bounds on Mahomes and the AFC Championship. Yeah, it was a great game, but people remember that last drive when Mahomes got hit out of bounds and the foul was called, which allowed Harrison Butker, who, by the way, is certainly one of the best uh, kick takers the NFL will ever see, some clutch uh, field goals he's had um, throughout his career, but it's, it certainly does suck to see such a spectacle end like that.
0: No, yeah, definitely. Harrison Butker, I feel like, um, you know, he once he had his injury, you know, I think the second week of the season, he just wasn't really the same. I, I feel like maybe. It just was bothering him so much that you know kind of was just altering his kicks. But I feel like on such a big play like that, if it's not a blatant foul, I don't want it to be called. Mm-hmm. I mean that he wrapped. Uh, who was who was the corner at the time? Bradberry. But think yeah, was name, it was yeah. wrapped his arms a little bit. And I, the ball wasn't even in reach. If, I mean, if he wasn't even touched, I don't think he's even catching the ball. Mahomes threw it way on the back of the end zone. Uh, so I don't even think it's be called. But a disappointing way to end the Super Bowl. I don't want games like this where half the fan base is, like, complaining about a call. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, for as an Ohio State fan, you go back to the Georgia game the Harris uh, Marvin Harrison can hit to his head it, I look back at like wow that Georgia goes on an 18 to 3 run and wins the game it's like they don't I don't think they they don't win the game if if they call it in on Marvin Harrison so it's just disappointing as a sports fan when you have a legit excuse yeah that you're, you're the reason why your team lost is because of this I'm not saying that the Eagles would have won because they it would have been 38 35 and they would have about a little bit over a minute to score a touchdown or tie the game, it's still been difficult, especially, I mean, Jalen Hurts, great quarterback, but he's not Mahomes or um, Josh Allen or Tom Brady just yet. I mean, he certainly could get there, um, but he he would have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to possibly win the game. But, I mean, overall, great game. Uh, Football season's over. Uh, Of course, college ended a couple months ago. Uh, NFL has just ended, and just, you know, we'll see. You know, baseball season coming up for college and uh, MLB. Uh, we'll do more of that, more coming up on the podcast of thirty, three or 4 sports. It was, it was a great time talking to you, Connor. Yeah, like, thank we you went, so much. We went over a lot with men's basketball. Um, you know, I don't, you know, hopefuls for the NCAA tournament. Women's basketball clearly have already clinched a spot. They're projected to go into Greensboro, North Carolina. That's where they have their uh, ACC tournament, but I, I assume right now that they might stay there with a high seed, I think three or four seed. Um, and then softball and baseball, you know, big hopes for them, especially softball. Definitely want to see them in the college uh, World Series. It uh, looks like the women's teams definitely have higher expectations than the men's. Um, and then baseball, you know, lost five, you know, professional athletes, professional baseball players to the draft, um, including Gavin Cross, who went to, the, to uh, the Royals. A lot, So a lot of players that they have to uh, make up for. But... It was a great addition here. Um, you know, thank you for listening. I'm Wesley Clark here with Connor Marion, and we'll have a, a new thirty-three or four podcast coming soon. Thank you.